honey. Thanks, everybody. You may be seated. And uh, those of you that are in the room, you may be seated as well. I was saying that to all of you that stood up online watching. <laughs> oh, you know, who said you can't laugh at your own jokes? Right? I love my own jokes. I think they're hilarious. I find them almost as funny as John, John, Jonathan Shunker finds his jokes funny. So... <laughs> Ah, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm speaking this morning uh, as uh, part two of our message that we started last week uh, on the river of God, and most especially the river of God going to the Dead Sea. And uh, last week, we looked at how the river of God flows from the throne of God all the way to the Dead Sea, and it's when it reaches the Dead Sea that there's fish. It's when it reaches the Dead Sea that the life that's in the river brings life to everything that's dead. The river of God must flow, always wants to flow, from the throne of God down to the Dead Sea. And uh, there's, there's only a trickle coming out at the, the throne end, but at the Dead Sea, it is a raging river. Ezekiel was taken in Ezekiel 47, we read it last week. Uh, we're not going to take time to read it this morning because we're going to focus in uh, on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But the, as Ezekiel's taken further and further from the throne, the river gets stronger and deeper and wider until finally it's so deep, it's so strong that now the river's got a hold of Ezekiel and he can no longer uh, stand up. If he was to take one foot step further, he would just go with the river. And uh, <clears throat> we spoke last week about how God wants to take the river that's on the inside of each of us, and there is a river flowing from each of us, and that river, especially corporately, flowing together, wants to reach everything that's dead in this city. The scriptures speak that humanity without Christ is literally dead. And so the, the communities, human communities, People loved by God, created by God, but they're dead in their sin until they find Jesus, until they give their lives to Jesus, like Kate was leading us in, and those of you that are watching online. Uh, we're dead until we receive that life. And so the river that's flowing in us, that is the river of the Holy Spirit, is looking, longing to touch the world that's all around you. We do not want to be a church where the river of God is confined to a Sunday morning meeting. We want to be a church family that, that are actually releasing the river and stewarding the river, both individually and corporately, to a high watermark, a strong flow of the river, outside of these four walls, outside of our church uh, meetings, and out into the world and the sphere of influence that we live in for 23 years. Uh, well, actually, six days and 22 and a half hours are spent outside of these four walls. And that's where we want the river of God flowing. That's where we want that place of engagement where the river of life that's in us is meeting the world and bringing life everywhere it goes, bringing healing. Last week, we, I taught you how to heal the sick. And many of you had a really good go. Had a, had a, a really good go. That sounds so patronizing. Many of you healed the sick and did what you were taught. And actually, the team let me know that there was about 50 people across the two services that were healed last week. It was an amazing, amazing meeting. 
And what I want to do today is talk about the, the other areas of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that are the, are the, the gifts of word of knowledge, gifts of word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, etc. We'll come to it in a moment. As also being amazing opportunities, just as healing is, for the river of life that's in you to flow to the world around you. The gifts of the Spirit is the context of where the river hits the Dead Sea. Whether it's in your family, whether it's in Ignite groups, whether it's in uh, your, your workplace or your university or your school. If you can learn how to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and learn how to release the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your everyday life in the world, you will begin to bring life to the Dead Sea that's all around you. And you will begin to see an extraordinary move of God. We corporately will begin to see an extraordinary move of God that we know we're already in and is going to increase and go more and more. Somebody came up to me last week. It was absolutely extraordinary story to me. Kate and I had recently been in New Zealand, and uh, probably two weeks ago we got back. And a person came, a family came up to me. I was standing just right there where Cecil Warren is sitting, about there. By the way, that's Cecil Warren. Give everybody a wave. That's Paul Warren, who is playing the guitar and is our videographer. That's his dad right there. He's been a pastor, Lutheran pastor for his whole life, adult life. And we just honor you, Cecil. We love you so much. You're amazing. And, uh, and uh, he's now a member of our church here uh, in refirement, right? <laughs> and so anyway... Uh, I, I was standing about there and this family came up to me in between services... Um, a husband, uh, his wife, and their, I would estimate to be about 12-year-old daughter. Um, forgive me if I got that wrong, Macy, but anyway, that's my guess. Um, and they, they, they said very excitedly, oh, by the way, uh, this is our first time in this, in this church family, and we've loved it. We've had a great time. It's just been incredible, and the healing has just been amazing, and uh, but we wanted you to know the reason we're here is because we'd never heard of this church. But our daughter, who's doing YWAM in New Zealand, in Toronga, where you were uh, a couple of weeks ago, you and your wife, you met our daughter and you chatted with her and prayed for her and you just blessed her so much in the conversation. And, um, I, and I remember her. Her name's Madison. And, uh, and she... She, you know, had told me I'm from North Carolina, which I was so shocked, you know, when you fly for 30 hours and you meet somebody who's from North Carolina, actually, you know, lives in the very same area that you live in. Um, it's a bit shocking. And, uh, and they said, and she was so full of joy having met you guys that she told us, you've got to go to this church that these two pastors that came and, and ministered here in Toronga. It's called Catch the Fire. Go look out for it. So they said, and here we are. Well, they just came up to me today, and he is looks transformed, and he said to me, his name's Kevin, and you'll hear his story, I'm sure, but he said to me, I am 100% healed from a traumatic brain injury that I've suffered from for four years, and last Sunday, I was laid hands on, and people ministered to me and I was instantly and completely healed. I've been checking it out all week. I've been doing all kinds of different things that would trigger my injury into being, you know, 
They're there. They're right here. I thought you guys were in the first service. There you are. Well, we're going to get you up in, a, in, in, in time and have you share. Uh, but I'm, you know, just conscious of time now. I want to keep rolling. But, and, and he said, I'm, I'm totally healed. And they checked it out. And lots of different, you know, even driving at night with headlights coming. And he's completely healed. Isn't God amazing? And that wasn't me who laid hands on him. That was somebody in the congregation as part of the church family. And that's what we want. We want every member of this church fully equipped, knowing that you've got the gifts of the Holy Spirit and learning to be fluent in those gifts. And what I want to talk about this morning is the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are broader than merely healing and broader than merely prophecy. So turn with me, please, to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. How many of you know that the Bible says that God says, my people perish through lack of knowledge? And there's a world perishing out there that could be being saved because God's people lack knowledge. Paul picks up on this right there in verse 1 of chapter 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant. And folks, the whole purpose of the last two sessions is to help you to understand that every single believer in Christ Jesus is capable of operating with fluency in the realm of the gifts of the Spirit. And in fact, that is God's intention and that is God's plan. And God's not looking for a difference between people that are, you know, paid to be pastors for, per se, and people that are uh, members of the church who listen to pay pastors uh, every week, that somehow or other there's a difference and that the professional, you know, clergy, if you like, uh, are the ones that can operate in the spiritual gifts. But meanwhile, everybody else just sits and watches them and goes, wow, incredible, let's give an amazing testimony to, you know, amazing hand clap for what God's doing through our pastors. First of all, we might carry the title pastor, but in reality, most of us are not actual pastors. That's the Holy Spirit's job, to be the pastor of this church. Most of us are leaders in some capacity, and leaders are people who are moving. And if we're not moving, you'll bump into us. So keep us moving, everybody. And where are we moving? Upwards further into God and outwards further into the world. Amen? And the reason we're paid to do what we do is to make sure that the whole body is fully functioning in all of the diverse gifts of which the fivefold, as Ephesians 4 verse 12, Paul talks about apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors. All of those offices are the purpose of Christ in choosing people to be those, some paid, some not paid, is for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. We're all called to work in the world bringing the kingdom of heaven everywhere we go and releasing the river. And the gifts of the Spirit is one of the greatest ways that we can release the river. And by the way, if you want to learn and have the best opportunity to learn how to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there's nothing like our Ignite groups for you to do that. Why? Because the Ignite groups are a much more 
uh, a, a, a much more, uh, what's the word, suitable, um, yeah, I don't like the word safe, because I don't like staying safe, I like to live dangerously. But it's, a, it's an incubator, it's a learning environment in which, yes, I guess the safety aspect is that everyone else is safe in case you really screw up, okay? And so, so Ignite Groups are an amazing place to practice in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because if you can practice in your Ignite Group how to flow in words of knowledge, how to flow in discerning of spirits, how to flow in prophecy, how to heal the sick, how to do those things. If you can do that in an Ignite Group, you're far more likely to be able to do it when you get to work. And your knees are knocking, and your boss is there with sneezing and coughing and complaining of a sore throat. Well, if you've been healing people in your Ignite Group and seeing Jesus heal them, you're far more likely to be able to actually have the words to engage your boss, and even though they're your boss, end up delivering the river of God to his life or her life. Amen? And so, you know, it, we, we have Ignite Groups not to, you know, give you a nice place to get relational with each other, although that's part of what it means to be in an Ignite group, but it is literally to be a place of experience, a place of learning where you can deliver the river of God in an environment that actually facilitates, that's the word I was looking for, a facilitative environment to practice because we're not as fluent as we can be in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So let's read together 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's read on. We read verse 4. There are diversities of spirits, or there are various, sorry, there are diversity of gifts. Excuse me, misreading it. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Whether you're in this room or you're watching online, I want you to know that Paul the Apostle is saying that God the Holy Spirit has given you all of the gifts of the Spirit to operate in. He's given you the potential to operate in every single one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to settle that I'm only going to be used in this one gift. In fact, I'm going to be so used in it that I'm going to title myself up. I'm prophet now. No, you don't want to do that. Why give yourself a title that causes you to stay in a groove that limits you from the entire highway of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Amen? Now, it is true that the Holy Spirit, as we'll read on, wants to work certain gifts in certain moments, in certain people, at certain times. But don't limit, in your thinking, the Holy Spirit to one gift or two gifts at the most. No, he, we just read it. He works all in all, verse 6. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. 
but one and the same Spirit works all these things. He works all of these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now, in order for us to see the full flow of the river of God at a high water mark out there in the world, we need to realize that there is a sequence in which these gifts can work together. They're not just abstract gifts randomly separated by whatever. They are gifts that float, can flow together, and when they do flow together, it can be very, very mighty, everybody, okay? For example, we read, we've just read, that there are various tongues, various kinds of tongues, now, some of you in this room, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you've received the gift of tongues. There are some of you in this room that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and have not received the gift of tongues, but you've received other gifts. We don't believe that the only evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is tongues. Okay, we believe that there are many, many evidences of the Holy Spirit. So don't be discouraged if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you don't speak in tongues. However, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you definitely won't speak in tongues. Okay, so you can earnestly desire and eagerly desire to speak in tongues just like you can desire to speak even more. Paul urges us even more to, to believe for prophecy. Now, various tongues, God gave me, I have a, a, my normal tongue, it kind of sounds like this. You know, some people have one that's kind of more like, you know, come along on my Honda because I left my Kawasaki and I have my Yamaha at home. Something like that. But whatever it comes, there's a tongue, all right? God's given you a tongue. Use it! It is for the edification of yourself. Okay, you will build yourself up most fervently in the spirit if by speaking in tongues. And if you don't speak in tongues, okay, Paul says in the book of Romans, chapter 8, that there are groanings that are even without words, that without even utterance, it says. So that means there are certain groanings that don't even have a sound that the Holy Spirit makes on the inside of us as he makes intercession for us together with Christ who's interceding for us at the right hand of the Father. Now, Paul's saying literally, you can, you can allow the Holy Spirit to make intercession for you in silence when there's no sound at all made. And I have a friend who actually does that quite often. He'll be in the middle of preaching and all of a sudden, and you wonder what's happening. Now I understand what's happening. This week I got the revelation. It says groanings. The Holy Spirit himself makes intercession with groanings that are not even uttered. So don't, don't, don't get stewed up everybody, okay? But whether it's by... Or whether it's by... Stir yourself up and edify yourself, strengthen yourself by the Holy Spirit, and, or, from time to time. I don't suggest that you do that in the middle of your interview for your new job. It, they may not understand, they may not have the gift of interpretation themselves, and may not be able to know what to do with that, and you may not get the job, and don't blame God. Because every prophet is in control of their spirit. And you can 
actually temper what's going on on the inside of you if necessary. So, um, but there are moments where God wants to give you and is able to give you tongues that you haven't ever even had before. It says various kinds of tongues. And I have another tongue, that God gave me in Kyrgyzstan. And it's an amazing story. I took time in the first service, but this time I just don't feel it's right to tell you the whole story. But basically, those tongues, it turns out, means angels, angels, angels. Angels, angels, angels. Come, Babalolua, for my daddy is the Lord my God. And Babalolua is fluent Yoruba, which I found out from some friends. And Bajenge Buzungu Baranga means white people, white people, white people. Now, I'm a, actually a black man trapped inside this white skin, trying to come out um, and trying to be myself. Because before you judge me, I was born in Nigeria and I speak fluent Hausa. And when I was young, I was confused by my skin color because all my friends were black. Okay? And, but, but that language, Bajenge Buzungu Baranga, is not my language of Hausa. Turns out that that's a three, three, no less than three tribal languages in the southern tip of Africa, okay, that means white people, white people, white people. And the Lord spoke to me when some African ladies came up to me in Detroit and told me that, which caused me to nearly faint. Um, when I found out I was saying that, um, but they said, you know, it's, a, it's amazing. It, it, we don't understand it. Normally we would use the singular, but you're using the plural. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, Duncan, I've given you a language to call the angels. You're not white. You're like a pinky gray orange color, <laughs> which I am. All Caucasians are. We're not white. We've got tone. We've got color. Actually, we really are people of color because we go red when we're embarrassed, we go red when we're sunburned, and we go blue when we're cold. <laughs> and we go white, sort of, with fright. But the angels, the Lord said, they're the true white, so to speak. And I've given you a tongue to call the angels because your daddy is the Lord your God. Now, folks, if you don't have that tongue, if you have never been given Bajenge Buzungu Baranga Babalolu, then just say it in English. Angels, 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 come because my daddy's the Lord, my God. Don't wait around for a supernatural tongue. However, I'm making all of this to say there are various kinds of tongues. It's a great adventure. Go on one. Start asking God for so much more. Don't settle for what you got given in 1971 when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Okay, because God's got lots of multiple baptisms for you and lots of multiple gifts for you to operate in. Now, I want to talk specifically words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning of spirits, and prophecy. I believe that there is a intentionality about those gifts that can operate, a sequence. They can work in sequential order. And most of God's people, especially those that have been activated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially in the area of prophecy, we become fluent in prophecy, but we don't understand that actually it's not just prophecy that we're actually operating in. That there are 
other dimensions to the revelatory gifts that Paul's talking about. And if we understand them and have intentionality and we go into the sequential order of those things, we can operate in a far higher, greater measure of success and we're far, more, far less likely to hurt people with our spiritual gifts. How many of you know what I'm talking about when you get hurt by prophecy? Because the person who delivers the prophecy just has an edge or, or, or just like, you know, just is giving you a whole bunch of instruction. It's not, it's very, very low level of edification and a high level of thou shalt this, thou shalt that, and thou shalt the other. And how many of you have heard prophecy, and maybe you do it yourself, where you download a prophecy with a whole bunch of English language that hasn't been used for 300 years? And somehow you think that adds weight because you, oh, thus saith the Lord unto thee. You heard that joke, right, where, you know, the guy gets up in the middle of the congregation, thus saith the Lord unto thee, that, that as... Abraham parted the waters of the Red Sea, so I will go before you and part the waters before you. And goes on to deliver this prophecy in all kinds of flowery old English and sits down. Well, 30 seconds later after his wife nudges him and whispers in his ear, he jumps back up. Thus says the Lord, I made a mistake, I meant Moses. <laughs> oh gee, guys, come on. I, I, it's not that bad, was it, John? Jonathan's laughing, come on. There is a sequence, okay? There is, there is some finesse. Say that with me, finesse. Finesse to the gifts of the Spirit. I want to tell you uh, of what happened to Kate and I by way of opening your eyes to what I'm talking about. In 2005, late 2005, John Arnott, we were, I was executive director in Toronto, John was, I was number two to John and there was nobody between John and I and the whole staff were beneath me. And, uh, and John started talking about succession and how he was going to make Steve Long the new senior pastor of the church. Somebody that I was already their leader. Well, I was so mad about it. Well, not mad, I was just like, I just became grumpy about it. How about that? And I felt threatened and I was, felt disoriented. Everything had been going so well for six years. I was like, my world's fantastic. It's complete. I'm amazing. And uh, so is everybody else, but so am I. And, um, you know, and, and, and so off we went. And I, and I just began to get more and more. How, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Your own mind begins to, you get the gift of interpretation, but it's not a gift of tongues. You get the inter gift of in false interpretation about outcomes that are going to happen. And by the way, while we're on the subject of outcomes, okay, last week when I spoke on healing, there, is, there are moments where the outcome of our prayers of faith for healing don't happen the way we hope they're going to happen. Don't let the enemy shipwreck you in your faith and get all mad with God because uh, like tragically, Kate's mom died 18 years ago of cancer. We all laid hands on her. We all prayed for her. We were in faith for her. She was amazing. But there's all kinds of, of very, very highly complicated situations in life 
concerning that type of thing, there's environmental factors, there's biological factors, there's hereditary factors, there's sin factors, there's, I'm talking generic sin, there might even be personal sin. Who knows? We don't know. We don't know what's going on in a person. And sometimes our lack of wisdom in the application of the finished work of the cross sometimes results in an outcome that we were not necessarily looking for. And it can leave us devastated and even shipwrecked in our faith if we put our faith in the outcome instead of our faith in the God of the outcome. And Mark eleven twenty two, Jesus said, have faith in God. And if you make the outcome of your faith, if you make the outcome your God, that's a false God, and that God will lead to disappointment and shipwreck. But if you put your faith in God, the God of the outcome, it won't matter what that outcome is. You know that he works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And we don't understand the situation right now, but we know that it's all going to get wrapped up and we'll be on the other side with him in glory. After all, he brought Lazarus out of the grave, but Lazarus eventually died again. We're all going that way. We don't understand the mystery. Never, ever let an outcome that didn't happen shipwreck your faith. Don't let what you're ignorant about define what you could be knowledgeable about. Okay, now, so here's Kate and I. We're all set and uh, upset, and I'm particularly upset. Not so much Kate, actually. She's just probably like, goodness gracious, when's my husband going to sort himself out? But I was, okay, she's nodding, that was right. I was upset. And I'm by our swimming pool, you know, and, and I'm, we had a lovely swimming pool back in those days, you know, back in the good old days. I mean, uh, we used to have a swimming pool as a family in Canada. And um, the things you give up for love of North Carolina. But, and as I'm walking around, I said, I'm so upset. I'm so disgruntled. I've just come back from Australia and I loved it in Australia, and I just really think that God's called us to Australia, honey. I mean, you know, the weather's incredible, and this is the reality. Australia is the will of God for us, honey. And on the inside, I'm thinking, because I love the beaches, I love the weather, and uh, yeah, I saw, a, I saw a Holden pickup with a big V8 engine, I could just see myself rebuilding one of those, and I'm, I'm the, the will of God is, you know, being birthed inside of me, you know what I'm saying? Okay, maybe none of you have those kinds of problems, but, and I'm like, I got it, we got to go to Australia. And, you know, in fact, I feel like a potted plant st stuck in a greenhouse right here in Toronto. Guys, think about how, think about just how much the spirit of stupid was speaking to me and I was listening to it. I am in one of the most famous churches of revival, and at that time, certainly one of the most famous churches on earth, and I'm interpreting that I'm stuck in a greenhouse like a potted plant. What in the world was wrong with me? But you know how it is when you're miserable, right? You can't, you, you lose all wisdom. And so I'm like, you know what? There's a prophet coming into town tomorrow and if he, he's gonna, I'm gonna have him come up into our house and when he comes in, if he says anything about Australia, that's it. Or church planning, I'm out of here with my family. Well, the next day, you know, we even got the, it was before iPhones, you know, uh, we, it was a Palm Pilot. I get my Palm Pilot out. You can, if you don't know what that is, you can see them in a museum somewhere. But I got my Palm Pilot out and I pressed record uh, because this, he, I knew he, he actually said, um, I've got a prophecy for you. 
And I had told the Lord, Lord, if this is of you, let the prophet prophesy over me. And so here he is. I'm like, oh, it's happening. Come into my office. Sit down. Kate's there. The couple that are really good friends with him that were on our team. And this guy, and he starts prophesying. He's from another nation. And he gives the mother load prophecy. I see you church planning. I see you going all over the world planning churches. I see... Um, I see that, you know, God's moving you out of this place because you, you feel like you're a potted plant stuck in a greenhouse. I'm like, whoa. And, and the Lord would say to you that he's moving you out of here and you're going to plant churches all over the world. I, I, actually, I, I know a specific nation, um, but it, I'm not going to prophesy that. Switch the tape off. And I'm like, I switched the tape off. And then I'm like, listen, you're in the executive director's office. And I have authority right here to tell you that you can say whatever you want. Now, I should have just not done that. We have rules for a reason. <laughs> and no one's above the rules, right? And so, you know, off he goes. I press play again. So he says, yes, it's alpha to omega. It's A to Z. You're going to be planting churches from alpha to omega, A to Z, A to NZ, Australia to New Zealand, and everything in between. Well, you only found out later that there is nothing in between Australia and New Zealand. But anyway. It actually doesn't matter which way around you go either. There's pretty much nothing in between, is there, Murray? But anyway. Here's the deal, everybody. I took that to interpret that God is merciful. And he has seen my plight. And he has heard the cry of my heart. And it's the prophecy we need. Beware of the prophecy that you think you need. Especially the prophecy that strokes your ego and tells you all the things that puts you in the epicenter of your world instead of Jesus. And, and, and I said to Kate, honey, that's it. We're going to Australia. Well, Kate's smart enough to say, listen, let, let's submit this to John and Carol, which we did. And John and Carol were like, wow, they listened to the recording. They're like, wow, that's amazing. You know what? Let's just wait on the Lord and let's see what happens. Let's see if anything happens. Well, sure enough, something did happen. I get an invitation from Australia to go pastor a church, to be a senior pastor. The church had 200 people if everyone bought their pets. And, and we just, we, I went all the way, John said, you got to go down and find out. So I go down there and I do the whole interview and they tell me, you've got the job. All we need though is you've got to have a certain percentage of the votes. And so they did the vote. Half the church found out they couldn't vote. All the young people that would have loved me found out they couldn't vote because they weren't members of the church officially. By the way, in this church, we don't have an official membership except this. You are an official member of this church, Catch the Fire, if you believe that in your heart. Okay. And yes, and Kate just whispered, and if you let that fruit its way into evidence. But anyway, um, <laughs> we, just, we just lift off all control. We don't want control. We want the Holy Spirit to be in control. But anyway, and so turns out the vote came in and I missed the vote by 2%. By this time, I'd already told John that I was leaving and John had already blessed me to leave, although him and Carol were very sad. And so uh, we were all packed up, ready to go. It's Christmas time, 2005. 
I get this phone call, devastating phone call. It's irreversible by Australian law. The vote is the vote that can't be done again. And you've lost the vote. You're not going anywhere. You're not going to Australia after all. I'm like, "Eh!" and I don't have a job even, if you think about it. So I phoned my pastor, behaving like a real sheep, (laughs) a.k.a. sheepish. John, I'm I'm devastated. The vote came back. They said no. They said no. Yay, Carol, they said no. We get to, they get to stay. We get to keep them. I'm thinking, what the kind of love is this? <laughs> you love me even when I'm completely, totally dysfunctional and unworthy of any love. But that's the king in the kingdom, isn't it? And you know, I'm convinced now on reflection. Let's stand, everybody, by the way. I'm convinced... Kate, can you come and join me on the platform? I'm convinced, everybody, listen to this very, very carefully now. Whether you're watching online or whether you're in the room. There is a way of the Spirit concerning prophecy, concerning the gifts of the Spirit. And we need to understand that way so that we are really walking in step with the Holy Spirit. Because those who are led by the Holy Spirit are the sons of God, not those who are led by prophecy. And never ever let yourself or anyone in your world get so hung up on prophecy that you start acting and behaving on a certain word in case it really, in case if you don't, somehow God will, you will miss God's will. It's never like that in the new covenant. You live by the Holy Spirit and God is gracious and kind and good enough that if, you, if he's got something that's so strong that you don't want to miss it, it will never be that a prophecy be the only thing that you'll ever go by. No, you are led by the Holy Spirit. And the best way of knowing that you're being led by the Holy Spirit is to communicate with your family, your church family, people around you, people that are pastoral in your lives, people that you've given by humility the place to be able to bounce and speak wisdom and so on. And it will keep you from abstract prophecy coming in sideways and derailing you in your life's calling. And and all in the name of what I've got to because God said, No, God doesn't speak like that anymore. He speaks, or he can if he wants, but generally speaking in the new covenant, he speaks from the innermost being and he confirms with prophecy. But before we finish, I want to just say this. That I could have taken that prophecy and instead of it interpreting it the way I did as just a slap prophecy, I could have understood, wait a minute, he's discerning my spirit. Australia. I just got back from Australia. Any person of discernment is going to feel Australia on me. Secondly, word of knowledge. He got a word of knowledge. You feel like a potted plant stuck in a greenhouse. But if, he'd, if I had asked for the word of wisdom in the interpretation, and perhaps if he had, I don't know, but we could have had a different interpretation. It could have been, you know what? You feel like a potted plant stuck in a greenhouse, but God says you're not. You're in no greenhouse. You're in such incredible soil right here in Toronto that you're going to grow into such a big tree that your branches can spread all the way around the world and go all the way even to Australia and New Zealand. That's 
how good this soil is that you're planted in. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Step out of the cave and start going for it because God does have a church planting movement for you, but it's right here out of this soil. And do you know something, folks? If we had gone to Australia, none of you would be in this church. This church wouldn't exist. And babies that are being born at the moment wouldn't exist because they only exist because God brought us all together. So don't let anyone derail you, ever. Amen? Amen. Kate. So, this week, everybody, I want you to practice. But remember, get into an Ignite group. Those of you that have done Life on Fire, start leading an Ignite group. But the rest of you, all week, this week, ask the Holy Spirit. In fact, lift your hands up right now. Just lift your hands up. Those of you that would like an upgrade in the gifts of the Spirit, and just present your bodies as a holy sacrifice to the Lord, pure and undefiled, righteous in the blood of Jesus. And say, Lord, I ask you, say that with me, Lord, I ask you, Jesus Christ, senior pastor of your church, would you give me the gifts of the Spirit and teach me how to operate in them fully and make me fruitful supernaturally in your kingdom?